to She Who Overcomes, the podcast where we help you transform your life, leadership, and career. I'm Mandy B. Anderson. And I'm Rachel Perman, and we are your hosts. We believe that what you've overcome makes you a leader. With a little help from two experienced coaches, that's us, you'll find the clarity and direction that you need to rise up, lead well, and live with intention. You were born to be an overcomer. So grab your coffee and let's hang out. Hey, Overcomers, welcome back to another episode of the She Who Overcomes podcast. We are um, kind of excited to share this topic with you today. This episode is called How to Make Sure Your BFF Doesn't Become an FBF. So um, I think since the beginning of our podcast career, uh, Healthy friendships has been a topic that has been close to our heart, hasn't it, Rachel? I think it goes back even before our podcast career where friendship has been just, you know, a part of what we teach. Something that people ask us questions about all the time is like, you know, how do you run a business and stay friends? How mm-hmm. do you guys' as families, you know, be able to stay close without having business get in the way? Um, it's just a topic that's around us a lot because we do run this company as a partnership. And we've Mm -hmm. been best friends since we were little girls. So we have a lot to say on the topic. So definitely is one that seems to follow us, which I'm okay with. I'm okay with that too. And I think we have learned how to share this in a way where it really is just about our friendship and not about how we've been hurt in other friendships or Mm -hmm. um, changing relationships like that, because it is a thing that happens. Like like church still feels like high school sometimes. (laughs) High school... That those those effects of the cool kids versus the not cool kids, mm-hmm. like that doesn't ever really stop as an adult, unfortunately. Right. And, and I, I think it as women, it's really hard to navigate friendship sometimes as adults. I think so. And I think it's a topic that when we start talking about it, women have a lot to say mm-hmm. about friendship and how hard female friendship is. And I think we all have this assumption that when we leave high school or when we leave junior high or middle school, like that mean girl thing doesn't happen anymore. Um, I have not found that to be true. <laughs> like it, it, it seems like mm-hmm. that, that connection or that, that feeling of wanting to be connected to other women and have these strong friendships and like a tribe around you. Like that is something I think that when you study biology, um, I think it's something that as women, we really need to mm-hmm. have, like we, we, we thrive in community. And so when friendship becomes so much more difficult to maintain or we have these standards that Mm -hmm. aren't, you know, like correct or they just keep getting like, you know, you just keep failing at the friendship thing. Like women tend to have a lot of opinions about friendship and what it Mm -hmm. looks like and what really means to be connected to another female. Mm -hmm. So we, before we dive into this, we should tell people, um, we don't actually remember the moment in time that we met no, it's a little um, fuzzy, actually. It's a little fuzzy. We, we actually met when we were in um, grade school mm-hmm. or junior high, maybe. See, I, we, we think don't it's remember. the summer between fifth and sixth grade. That's what I we think. think. That we've narrowed down which summer it was. Yes. And we only have narrowed down that summer because we had a conversation with one of our friends over Christmas break who was a part of our little camp friendship mm-hmm. um, that we've stayed connected to through into being adults, mm-hmm. like since, you know, fifth 
maybe sixth grade. Right. And um, she remembered. She did. She remembered so more we had than to I piece did. It, we pieced it together mm-hmm. um, a few months ago for us yes. to be like, now, when did this all take place? Now, what, what we don't remember, though, is like, what was that moment? Like, you know, did we did, did we have, you know, we were in the same cabin. We know that. Right. But we don't remember like this purposeful choice. We think... Um, Mandy and I actually had a, a mutual friend is kind of how her and I met mm-hmm. each other at camp. Um, and so we think we met through Lindsay. Like yes. I wanted to be in Lindsay's cabin I and wanted Mandy to wanted to be in Lindsay's yep. cabin. And then that's how it started. But like, I don't remember the moment of being like, oh yeah, I still remember standing beside Mandy yeah. in line and having a conversation with her about something like yeah. that like, fuzzy. I can remember the moment that I first saw my husband I cannot remember the moment when I first saw you, which is kind of like, you know, like <laughs> right. it's weird. So, um, so yeah, we have been friends for that long and um, we never lived in the same town until 2011 mm-hmm. when both of our husbands at the time worked in the oil field and we kind of became like closer, like we were best friends from camp and we, mm-hmm. we, we built that relationship. Like somebody had asked a long time ago at an event, like what was it that um, kind of solidified your guys' friendship into growing into something more than just like a surface level friendship? And I said, it's because when Rachel had her first child, like she kept me in her life. She invited me to um, first, I think, the baptism, and we couldn't make that. And then she invited us to the first birthday, and I was like, Nate, she is the only person who's having babies that is inviting us to stuff right now that we're going. So we drove like three hours across the state. Yeah, it was literally from one edge of the state yeah, of North Dakota to the others where to we come were to this living birthday at the party. Yep. And that is really what solidified this friendship where we started getting closer. And then when we lived in the same town, it kind of became like a um, almost like army wives. Yeah. I mean, rig wives, that, mm-hmm. that whole situation can be very similar. And it just grew into this. And we've always had since 2009, this idea, like, wouldn't it be cool if we wrote a book together? Or wouldn't we be cool? Wouldn't it be cool if we worked together and combined efforts because we were both working in the coaching industry in different ways. And lo and behold, we started our company and here we are seven years later. So right. <laughs> that is long the story short. Long and I story think, short. I think people are always interested in the story because there are so many friendships that are like the ones you, the people you grew up with or the right. ones you were friends with in like grade school where you have these like memories and, and moments in time that you were close, but you don't necessarily keep those friendships through your entire adult life. And I think that's normal mm-hmm. and necessary. Like not every friendship follows you through, but I think there are those moments where friendships that do last there are those moments in time where where you are faced with a decision on whether or not you're going to keep those people in your boat right. <laughs> like moving towards the same destination yeah or you are purposely you know you're just growing apart because life has changed mm-hmm. and you're you know for us we lived literally on two different sides of the state so getting mm-hmm. together took a lot of effort um and I remember I don't remember purposely being like, I'm going to keep Mandy in my life when I'm, I'm having children because you had made the decision early yeah. to not yep. have children. And so that did start to affect some of your guys' relationships mm-hmm. back then. And I don't remember purposely saying that, but I we hadn't lived on that end of the state very long. And I, I think I was at the point in my life that I'm like, you know what? I'm probably not going to make great friendships here, like long lasting friendships here. And mm-hmm. Mandy is one of those people that I want to keep around. And so it just became one of those things where I'm like, 
they're just invited. And mm-hmm. you guys became, you know, surrogate aunts and uncles to my yep. aunts and uncle. No, you're not married to two people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Just Nate. <laughs> just I, I have, have one two husband. kids because it is weird to drive 300 some miles for it is a child's first birthday. Yeah. But we did. And it, it's, I mean, some of our, some of my favorite memories of your kids are from like, or of your, your oldest daughter is, is from that time frame mm-hmm. of of putting in that effort because friendship takes effort. Right. And, and I, we drove to Fargo to yep. see you guys with, she was what, six weeks old? Like she was not very yeah. big. Yeah. Um, and, and what should have been a three hour trip took us six because she, we had to stop like every, we right. didn't know we were so naive. Um, we didn't know taking a newborn on a road trip was not, she wasn't going to sleep the entire time. Like she right. was going to need to eat all the time and she pooped her diaper. Sorry, Claire. She just like, <laughs> it was just a constant thing. And we we're like, this was such a dumb idea, but that was part of that choice of staying close was mm-hmm. me. We needed to actually find a physical way of being in each other's spaces. I think honestly, I traveled to see you probably more than I traveled or about the same amount of time that I traveled to see family yeah. that year too. Yep. And and growing up, because you lived in the town where my my medical doctors were, mm-hmm. anytime I was in the hospital for a tune-up for a week or two, you would come and visit. Yep. Like there's just been these little tiny things along the way that didn't seem like that big of a deal at the time, but looking back, it mm-hmm. was those type of decisions that strengthened our friendship and made it go from like this this little like fun, oh, we're forever friends, you know, we're BFFs, best friends forever (laughs) into we actually are like, we're going to be each other's person and Mm -hmm. we're going to put in that effort. And you would think like, I think there are some people who think, oh, it must be so much fun to work with your best friend. Like, how awesome is that? And it's hard. (laughs) Yeah, we don't sugarcoat it. We don't. I mean, honestly, I think it'd probably be easier to not work with your best friend or not have necessarily a partnership type Mm -hmm. of business structure because- um, n- no decision is easy. Like decisions, you know, as the CEO, I have that in my title, but the way that the corporation is set up, Mandy and I make these decisions together. So mm-hmm. there's no such thing as like me just making a choice and going forward with it and watching, like watching it fall, you know, watch the chips fall where they right. may, like everything is made together. And that does make it a harder mm-hmm. business structure to have if the friendship isn't strong enough. I've seen a lot of partnerships not make it and yes. the business and the partnership or business and the family relationship or the friendship isn't mm-hmm. there anymore. Like none of it's there. Yeah. And that, that is one of the number one questions we get asked mm-hmm. by people. Like how do you guys stay best friends and own a company together? And so we want to share with you today, like four tips of how we do this. Um, and we want to, we, we need to clarify some, some abbreviations. So <laughs> obviously BFF is best friend forever. Right. Um, FBF, we have coined as former best friend. Right. So how do you make sure that your best friend forever does not become a former best friend? And I think 2020 was a year where a lot of people went from BFF to FBF. Oh, it was such a hard year. It was a hard year for for relationships. relationships. It was a hard year for marriages. It was a hard year for friendships, like a lot of things. And, you know, when we talk about like a BFF going to an FBF, we're not talking about the friendships that naturally grow and change where you're no longer close. Um, We're talking about like where, what was once a very strong um, adult friendship that's, that's grown and changed over the years, all of a sudden because of an instance or because of things that have life choices, life choices, things that have happened under the surface for years that never got dealt with turn. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about those kinds of friendships. Friendship divorce. Yes. 
Yes. Yes. So, that would be a good way to say it. Like a friendship divorce. Right. Because we do not believe that every friendship needs to last your entire lifetime. There are friends that right. come and go for certain seasons. Mm-hmm. There are, you know, like where you have work friends that are different from like your circle of people. And um, you were bringing up something kind of interesting actually before we went yeah. live um, to do the recording, talking about how we sometimes romanticize mm-hmm. the idea of friendship. And I'm not sure if this person you were talking about, um, you'd seen it on Instagram, yeah. but they were talking about female friendships in, they were. in general or just specific. Yeah, you know? I cannot remember who it was and on which Instagram account we were following. Like, I don't know if it was on my personal one or our business one. But yesterday I saw somebody posting like how we have to stop romanticizing best friends. Mm. And I kind of, it was one of those instances where I had a love-hate relationship with what I was reading. Right, like because- sometimes you're right away like, Wait, no. Right. No, yep. that's not right. But then when you think a little bit, you're like, oh, wait. Yeah. Like, yeah. W- like you lean into why do I have such a strong aversion mm-hmm. to what I'm reading? And as I read into the actual post, because it was just the quote picture that I read first, and then I read into the post and she was saying how not everybody has a best friend. Mm-hmm. Not everybody needs a best friend. Um, if you are going through a season where you have lost a best friend, like these are a lot of different feelings that we have to go through. Right. And we have to stop romanticizing this idea about having a best friend. And I think on the one hand, I didn't like what I was reading because I was like, I love my bestie. Like I, you know, this is one of the friendships I prayed for, Mm -hmm. honestly, like that we could have a, that I would one day have the depth of a friendship where somebody would show up and help me get out of bed if I'm depressed. Like, you know, I, I like I've had to do, like I've had to do, and we've (laughs) had to do that. Right. We've done that for each other. And I always, I say these things sometimes, or I did a decade ago. I probably still do now. I just don't know what they are yet. Um, But a decade ago, I would be like, oh man, I wish I had that. Mm -hmm. You know, like I heard this speaker on a stage one time telling a story about the friends she had Mm -hmm. that helped her out of bed in a in a time when she was deeply depressed and going through something hard. And I didn't have close best friends in my town mm-hmm. at that point in, in life. And I was like, oh man, I wish I had that. And then it's like, be careful what you wish for. Because a couple of years later, I got to go through an experience where I had that. And right. it's and and in that moment, when I was sitting in that audience listening to that speaker, I romanticized that idea. Right. Because you didn't realize that that also goes hand in hand with you going through something. Right. <laughs> like it exactly. wasn't just your best friend shows up right. in a package like, oh, here you go. Here right. she is. Yeah. Like, oh, yay. Look how close we are. <laughs> it was like, wow, I have hit rock bottom. Right. And I need that support. And thankfully, I'm in a place where I, I had that because we've been growing it. But that didn't happen in an instant. Like mm-hmm. we literally had since fifth grade mm-hmm. where or fifth or sixth, whatever it is, Somewhere give or take a day, um, give or take a year. Um, we literally had that amount of time to sew into this friendship. Right. And I think the number one tip that we want to we want to share with people is the way you make sure that your BFF doesn't become an FBF is to spend quality time together. Mm-hmm. And that looks different. And I think in this day and age of social media, of instant text messages, Mm -hmm. we don't realize that quality time together cannot happen on a screen. Oh, for sure. Like it it can happen over the phone or like on a FaceTime Mm -hmm. where if you do live in different cities or states or even continents and you're staying in touch, like that can be an intentional way to stay in touch, but it can't, maybe I should say it cannot happen through pixels. Right. It can't be the only way. Right. Like pixelated letters and conversations. Like you have to hear a voice, you have to see a face, Mm -hmm. you have to show 
up. Right. Physically. Right. And I think we both have had friendships in the past where we thought it was pretty strong. Mm -hmm. And then as we looked back, um, not with each other, but with other people, we looked back and realized, actually, it wasn't because the the balance of who is showing up in person face to face more than the other is not equal. Right. Yeah. And I think um, there's been times where, um, you know, we've mentioned the fact that we started um, our friendship at a Baptist camp mm-hmm. um, in this tiny little town in North Dakota. And there were originally four of us in this friendship. Yep. So just like our old podcast, if you've been around for a while, these two gals come up every so often when yeah. we talk about things. And so we were talking to Mandy because, yes, there were two Mandys. Yes. And for some reason, it was never confusing to any no, of us. No, we knew. We can tell who's talking to who. It's <laughs> right. Um, but one of the things, and I don't rem- even remember exactly when it was, but it was a few years ago. We were talking to her it was one of the times that we were kind of working through whether or not the friendship between the three of us was something that was growing away on like on purposefully or if there was something happening and we really needed to talk right, about like, was there things. conflict that we right. needed to resolve. And I, one of the things she said to Mandy and I that we had never thought of before. And I think this is important with that idea of romanticizing mm-hmm. best friends is she said, you know, you two don't have sisters. And when I think of your guys' friendship, I think of you guys more as sisters and the relationship and the bond that you two have with each other is going to be different than the bond that you have with me. Mm-hmm. And I think for us, that really did solidify it did. some of this because, you know, just because we work together doesn't mean that's quality time. No, it's not actually. It's not. And we've had to learn that lesson mm-hmm. the hard way is, you know, when we, especially when I think we got you know, super, I was going to say super busy because it wasn't always productive. But when we spent more time in the office together, Mm -hmm. it was actually harder to stay close. It was. And we had more awkward coffee dates Mm -hmm. um, and moments where, you know, we had to talk about some things because just because we were in the same room together didn't mean that we were spending quality time together or building the friendship at the same time that we were building the business. Now that really did come into play Mm -hmm. of how do we keep both strong? Mm -hmm. And I think when the pandemic hit and we had decided a month prior to that, that we were going to work from home for a season and get rid of our office space that we were paying way too much money for and didn't need anymore (laughs) um, and weren't using to the capacity that we thought we would Mm -hmm. um, because we had made different changes in our business. um, We we had this big, grand, romanticized idea of what working out of our homes would look like. And then the pandemic hit, and now you had kids at home that you're trying to homeschool. You are trying to overcome some health things. Mm-hmm. You're trying to figure out where do you work in your home. Like, it was <laughs> a lot. so many times. Right. It's still like... It is. It, it's still kind of a work and, in progress. And that whole idea of quality time, I mean, your family time became the priority. Mm-hmm. And on the one hand, I understood that. And on the other hand, I was alone a lot because right. my husband's job did not change. Like right. he was still traveling quite a bit, actually. So I was alone more than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. And we had to figure out how does that quality time look moving forward. And there was a season where it was kind of hard. We'll yeah. be honest, there was a season, like a part of 2020, where we had to sit down and have an awkward coffee date of, is our company going to like survive this. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't necessarily a a financial issue. It was much more like, are we still in this? Do we still love what we're doing? Is this still what we want to do with our lives? Do we still want to be partners together? Like it was more like, are we still both equally passionate about this? And I think for a lot of people that probably came up somewhere Mm -hmm. in 2020 on, you know, what is it that you're doing? And do you still care 
about yeah. it because I think once we got to the point and, and some of it too was like I couldn't leave like there right. was no way for us to get together during that point and then you know when yep. our state went into lockdown like there was we were not going to meet together just to you know defy the law or whatever right. and you know, I had kids at home and I mean you were feeling completely alone. I was feeling like I can never alone. Like, like <laughs> can y'all just like leave for five? Like everybody just got in the backyard for a while. I'm going to lock the door. Right. Like it was, you know, you all five of us camper for a while. Like, that's right. Like I, I think I blocked out some of you it. Did. Um, I'm, I'm certain you guys, you it did. was like desperate. It was like desperate, it desperate was. housewife looking for a place to work. Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, Josh hotwired the camper <laughs> yes. so that I had internet out there. Um, mm-hmm. It was quite the thing. Uh, trying yeah. to figure out how to have three kids home and homeschooling, well, you know, whatever, online schooling. And then um, through the summer, there was nothing for them to do. Like everybody was just right. home all the time. Um, and, you know, I would have loved to run over here and escape my family, but it wasn't it wasn't working. And I think the more that happened, the more it was kind of like, are we sure we both still want to do right. what the mission of this company is? And honestly, I think it actually really solidified what mm-hmm. it is we really wanted to do because it turns out there were a few things yep. that we needed to talk about that day that were like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like yeah. this part of it, I don't want to do anymore if I yep. don't have to. Yeah. And we didn't have to because we're, nope. <laughs> we're the head, like we are the decision makers. But I think for our friendship, that spending quality time together, like you have to be willing to have those conversations. And that brings us into tip number two. Like Mm -hmm. you have to admit when your feelings are hurt and be willing to talk about it. And you have to realize like you really do have to say it in a way where um, it's more about what you're feeling and and not about you placing blame on the other person. And I did that wrong one time during (laughs) the pandemic. Um, the, the, The loneliness just got too much and I just sent a text message and I knew I was saying it wrong, but I was just in this moment where I'm like, I don't care. I'm just going to say this and see what happens. <laughs> and and it didn't go well. That's not always the best advice. That is not. But, but it was in a desperate situation. Mm-hmm. And I think I was just at a point where I'm like, I'm sick of always being the one who who is trying to make the right decision on how to communicate. And I'm just going to let it fly and see what happens. And we fought. <laughs> That's what happened. That is what happened. That is what happened. Um. I, I honestly don't really even remember what you said. You probably remember, like Mandy has a photographic memory, so she remembers I I all it. the things. <laughs> right I remember, I remember like yesterday, and that's about as far back sometimes as I'm like, what was that? When was this year? Yep. So you never ask me when these things happen. Um, but I do like. There's been a few moments um, over the last few years where we've had to really lean into the vulnerability piece mm-hmm. of being best friends and mm-hmm. being sisters, and I think. You know, I think the reason that sometimes our friend Mandy would frame it that way is because when you think about siblings, there is this time where you're just like constantly together when you're little. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as you grow older, like you have to be quite purposeful to stay close with your siblings as adults. Mm-hmm. If you don't live in the same town, if you, you know, have different views on things, like you have to make sure that your families stay close. And I think that's that same kind of thing with our friendship. And admitting when your feelings are hurt in the moment, not like necessarily when they're raw. Right. But in the moment, I think it's been something that's been a strength for us, Mm -hmm. even though it feels very vulnerable because we don't 
we tend not to bury stuff very long. Like we don't simmer on things being like, and if we do, it's because we've taken it to our journal. We've talked it through with God and we're just like, is this really what she's doing? Or is it just me looking through the Mm -hmm. lens of I'm lonely or I'm tired or I'm hungry or, you know, whatever. Um, Because sometimes it's that. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just you looking through your own worldview and right. your own trauma and all those things. You're like, she's not purposely doing that because mm-hmm. I know her. I know her heart. But um, being able to bring up when you're hurt, mm-hmm. even when you know it's probably not what they meant to do, but being brave enough to say it, I think is such a strength Yeah, um, that I see in friendships that last a long period Mm -hmm. of time and stay strong. And I think if you start putting blame on somebody and painting them as they're doing this on purpose and they're vicious, like, why are you friends with that person anymore? Right. Or like this thing too, where we just wait to see whether or not the other person is going to figure it out. Right. And then somehow the longer it takes them to figure it out, the worse, like, it's kind of like you set them up for a game they're not going to win. Mm -hmm. Of You know, they would notice if they were my best friend, they would notice that they're doing this or Mm -hmm. they would notice that I'm not you know, doing what I used to do or whatever that I've stopped communicating in the same way. And I think oftentimes bringing up those feelings, at least mm-hmm. for us, it also gave me a moment to kind of explain to you some things I hadn't really said about what was going on with my physical health, yep. um, how much pain I was actually in and not wanting to say anything. So it really mm-hmm. did bring about a good conversation. It gave both of us a chance to really say, hey, this is what we're feeling. This is what I'm feeling. Um, you know, and what do we want to do yep. from this point forward? And, and I think the, the thing that has to go with a friendship is understanding the other person's personality and what, Mm. what builds them up and, and how do they feel appreciated? Like I am definitely one of those words of affirmation and encouragement type of people, Mm -hmm. and I don't need it constantly, but I do need it frequently. Mm -hmm. Like I can't go months and months without having some sort of an encouragement in that way. And I think when the pandemic hit, because I was alone so much, um, it, it just got really loud. Like the loneliness got so loud Mm -hmm. that I would start to believe like, oh, I really don't matter. And all these different things, like things we've actually worked through in our friendship in the past came bubbling back up (laughs) as though like (laughs) Like they were still real, like they were still real and they're going to happen. And that wasn't it at all. And that, that kind of brought us to the third tip, which is to let go of grudges and choose to see the best in your friend, because Mm -hmm. I really had to take it to my journal and realize, okay, these are my feelings, but also this is what's going on in Rachel's life right now. And she doesn't even know that I feel this way, nor does she know that that these type of actions that she's not doing on purpose mm-hmm. um, are are contributing to these feelings. Right. So we really had to talk about it. And I think part of it, too, I think I said that day, like, you know what? This came out wrong. And what I really want to say is I miss my friend. Mm. Because there was I a little bit of that, that, too. Yep. And you were and and you were like, I wish you would have just said that. And I'm like, well, <laughs> me too. And you know, like we we did move on, mm-hmm. and we don't hold that against. Clearly, each other. I don't even remember what the text right. message was. I'm sure. I mean, I could go back into my phone if I really wanted to, but good grief, that would take hours to probably go through. It all would. We have so the much text in there. messages, but I think you said a really important thing on understanding mm-hmm. your friends' personalities because personality. Yeah. Hopefully she doesn't Hopefully have she doesn't multiple have personalities, but if she does, you should understand right. all of them. So you know which one you're working with. Um, <laughs> it is important. <laughs> yes. If we do, and help go, get them the help they need. Right. That's exactly. the situation. You should know. It's very good information to yes. have. But I think understanding that, I mean, even, you know, when you brought up words of affirmation, mm-hmm. um, 
for me, one of the ways, um, who who is it that teaches that the name has come out of my head that, te- that teaches the five? Oh, the five love languages? Five love languages. Is it Gary Chapman? Gary Chapman. Okay. There you go. So one of my love languages is quality time. And I think mm-hmm. the reason that I didn't pick up on the fact that Mandy and I were not having quality times, there were so many people in my life. Right. Like it didn't feel like I was missing you quality having... time because I wasn't ever alone. Right. So I didn't notice it because the funny thing is, you guys, we are moving back into an office space, which is super, super exciting. But I said out loud that I think we're just doing this. When I was was talking to my husband about it, I said, I think we're just doing this because Mandy really needs it for her mental health, but I'm okay with that. Well, you guys, it took about like a hot minute (laughs) of us walking into the space again to realize that I also too needed it for my mental health because that quality time, I don't think you notice that it's not Mm -hmm. happening when you're always busy or somebody's always around, which has kind of been how my life has been Mm -hmm. in the pandemic. Like it has been constant. Um, where the kids are going like, you know, and, and I co-parent, so my kids aren't there all the time, but you know, when there are three children Mm -hmm. busy, like ours are, I'm usually parenting quite a bit. Like I still take my daughter to high school every single morning, even though she's with her dad during a certain part of time, she gets dropped off at our house and I take her to school. Like I'm never not, um, mothering right Mm -hmm. now. And, and this last year. So I think it was hard to realize that time didn't necessarily mean quality time. Right. And I know one of the things that Mandy and I've done, it sounds super simple. And it's probably one of those things that if you work in an office, you're like, oh yeah, we do this. But you know, like how you gather around the water cooler yeah, and you just have these moments in time that you spend talking to your coworkers mm-hmm. before you're working. Mandy and I never used to really do that, but we, we still now do it. Like I will come early mm-hmm. so that we can have coffee and gab a little bit before we have to actually do our work. And I right. think that's really an important thing in our friendship um, that we have that quality yeah. time together, or we do it, you know, afterwards if there's a time. I think we issue, started but. that um, like a couple, like two years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. It just became like our Monday morning thing is we would just have this time. We took about probably thirty minutes to an hour mm-hmm. to do that because we would catch up on what happened over the weekend. Right. And we would build it into, okay, now let's have our meeting about yep. what we need to work on this week, what projects we're working on, who's doing what. And if we have a day where we are recording videos for like a leadership program for a company or something, we typically don't do that on that day. No. Uh, we also typically don't do those on Mondays. We t- we tend to do those on a Wednesday. So right. by, by like Mondays are typically the days where we will just catch up. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes it's chat. catch up and all like catch up with each other. Also yep. catch up with like our schedules and making sure mm-hmm. that like some admin stuff is taken care of. I mean, it's really kind of interesting how the whole thing is kind of evolved into yeah. what is a priority and which days they need to happen. But I think that was something, and I'm not sure if it happened because we had an awkward coffee date around that same time, but I know there yeah, was I don't remember. there was a moment to about halfway into us building our first company that we had to have a pretty serious come to Jesus talk. And we had like moments between when a text message mm-hmm. was sent to when I walked around to around the block um, to be able to have to have this conversation with you. And I think every time we've had a moment like that, mm-hmm. this idea where new behavior needs to happen has mm-hmm. always been something we're both willing to implement. Like yeah. if you you need more words of affirmation, then I make a point to send in more text messages or check in on you when you're mm-hmm. like, I, I need you to check in with me more. It doesn't even have to be anything serious. Just send me like a photo, send me something funny. Right. Um, just check in or, you know, like, I have to be aware of the fact that just spending time here doesn't necessarily mean quality time. So that's, I think, been important if there was like a fourth step Mm -hmm. of implementing 
changed behavior yeah. after you've noticed that there's something that's kind of eroding at that friendship. I think that's, and mm-hmm. sometimes it's as simple as 30 minutes of coffee together before you start working. Right. And I think too, like for me, some of my changed behavior was was recognizing like your weekends are are filled with a lot of family things. Mm-hmm. So not not reaching out to you about work stuff and instead putting that in our like our base camp mm-hmm. app instead of texting you about it. Yep. You tend and to be very creative on the weekend. So that I am. And and that's something I've had to get used to too yep. is like if if you're going to text me you'll say I'm going to put this yeah somewhere so that you re- you can see it on Monday. But yeah, that definitely was something we had to kind of work yep. through on what weekends looked like mm-hmm. um, for each other. And that wasn't necessarily a conversation like, hey, I need you to leave me alone on the weekend. But it was more... <laughs> Stop it, texting right, me. <laughs> it was more realizing, oh, her schedule is like this. And so if, if you go into your friendship, whether you work together or not, mm-hmm. if you go into your friendship with unexpected, unrealistic expectations, that's what I'm trying to say. If you go into your friendship with unrealistic expectations of when they're going to reply, how they're going to reply, what you want them to do, but you've never actually had a conversation with them of what you need as a friend and have them say, like there have been times in our friendship where you're like, I'm going through something right now and I don't have the capacity Mm -hmm. to show up as a best friend like I used to. And you have to be willing to hear that as a friend Mm -hmm. and figure out, okay, what kind of support can I give my best friend right now as she's going through that? And then also realize that within a year or two or, you know, however long it's <laughs> right. going to take because life circumstances don't don't change drastically. Like, it takes a while mm-hmm. to find your bearings after a big life change. Um, re-evaluating that mm-hmm. and realizing, oh, I'm stronger now. I can show up again as a friend like this. Oh, for sure. And I think some of this of just evaluating which season of your life mm-hmm. you, you're in, both you and your friend are in, is part of the superpower of what we do well. And I don't think it's yeah. something we've ever had a conversation about, like, oh, I totally think about what season of life Mandy's in. But um, one of the things that I think when it comes to like that unrealistic expectation is, you know, you do not have children. Mm-hmm. And I have three children that already can set up unrealistic expectations of how I show up and when I show up and what my priorities right. look like when it comes to work compared to what yours are. And even when you think about how, like when we first started working together, I had small children, right? That was completely different than where I'm at right now when mm-hmm. all of them are in school. Um, you know, you're, you can pretty much count on me being available at least the entire time that they're in school and it used to never be like that. So knowing what season your friend Mm -hmm. is in and knowing that there are certain times where, especially if they're, you know, having a major life change or Mm -hmm. you're raising young children, it's not going to be as close. Like they're not going to be as like, they get back to you right away, Mm -hmm. um, or reply right away. And having that, um, Awareness, I think, mm-hmm. helps you not to hold grudges and not to be Absolutely. so easily hurt by something that she's not doing on purpose. Mm-hmm. And if she knew it hurt, it she would never have yeah. done it. Like, I know if I text Rachel something and I don't hear back from her and it's been a few days, like, she forgot. <laughs> like, she mentally responded in her head and thought she hit send and it didn't happen. Right. Like, I don't take that personally. I am that person. I, yeah. I either respond in three seconds or three days. Like, it just... You just never know yeah. which one you're going to get. <laughs> and it's, it's comical. Like, it's one of those quirks that we laugh about. Like, I don't <laughs> I don't hold that against her. Um, I think there are other people in my life that I have held against when they've been pretty consistent about 
um, responding quickly, but then it takes them a couple days or a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I'll be like, what did I do wrong? Now they're mad at me. And that is, that's something for me to work through Mm -hmm. because it's usually my own Right. And sometimes it's unrealistic expectations. <laughs> right. But when you're not so close with people mm-hmm. and you don't always see what's happening in their life, it can be it can be easy to forget that, hey, life is happening for them too. Right. Um, but definitely letting go of those grudges and choosing to see the best in them, like you have to do that mm-hmm. as friends. And then like you said, a bonus fourth step would be implement new behaviors. Cause the fourth step that we had written down was actually repeat steps one through three forever. Which is, so, tr- it's still true. It is like, true. Four, four A and four B like that. Right. That's how it goes because that's, I mean, that's how we've done it. Mm-hmm. So if you've got information from somebody else and they've done it differently, great. But for us, that's mm-hmm. what's really worked. It has um, for us, and I think I think when it comes to not romanticizing mm-hmm. um, a BFF and what it really looks like to have a strong friendship, and that might just be with one person, and that's mm-hmm. okay. Um, I think I think that helps yeah. put that into perspective. And I think if you're one of those people who doesn't have a best friend, but like you have a sister or you have somebody mm-hmm. where you have that kind of a connection with, could be your spouse even. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just making sure that it's not that label right of best friend and if you don't have that best friend then there's something wrong with you or there's like you know you don't know right. how to have close connections and that's not necessarily true it's not so i think to like making sure that you are implementing healthy communication styles so episode i don't know what number it was but a couple a couple episodes ago we had the episode about where do we go from here mm-hmm. and we talked about an active listening technique called here h e a r Like we actually do that in our friendship. Mm -hmm. We don't ever share something on a podcast that we're like, this sounds really cool. Let's tell them to do it, but not do it ourselves. Oh yeah. No, no, we actually do it ourselves. And, and that is one that we consistently go back to is here. And um, if you have the she who overcomes book that I wrote years ago, um, one of the chapters talks about the honor code of conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. Like all of these things have been birthed from our friendship. Right. All and- of, honestly, all of the coaching content that we use at Rayma team that we teach, um, we have developed that on our own. We have developed that through learning the lessons mm-hmm. and then turning it into content. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't use anybody else's No, and content. if we do, we tell you whose mm-hmm. it is. But like the blood, sweat, and tears of our own life experiences oh, yep, that's <laughs> what we're coming from. That's what we teach. That's what we know. Um, and that's and I think that that helps us be authentic with you mm-hmm. guys to say, you know, it's not just us being like, hey, here's a good idea. Why don't you right. try it? Or if we do, we'll say that that's what we're doing. Right. But, I mean, honestly, the honor code of conflict resolution came out of a female friendship mm-hmm. um, experience that was very like we've used content from that that time in our For life over and over and again. And so, if you if you're curious to see what we went through a few years ago and what we learned from it, yeah, it's, it's in that book. Yeah, get the second edition of that when it's available because it will be available. Surprise! It will be available here in the next couple months. Actually, we're reprinting it again. Um, But that is a lot to digest for today's episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed getting a glimpse of our friendship and what we do to make sure that we stay BFFs and don't become former best friends. Um, Gosh, I hope we never do. And I don't even want to think about that. I mean, That's I will want to cut my way back in. You I will. You will too. Yep, We've we seen will. that over the years. Because there's we definitely will. been moments where we could have become oh, former best friends if we... Yeah. 
we will claw back in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but for you listening, for all of you overcomers, we do have a free gift for you. Um, every overcomer needs a guide. So we created something called the Overcomers Playbook. And it is kind of like a short guided journal that you can download on our website. And inside those pages, you're going to discover the five keys that will unlock fulfillment, success, and a life that you love. You're going to discover some encouragement and insight to show up confidently in your life, in your leadership, in your career. You're going to find strength and resilience to overcome negative self-talk, action steps to stop procrastinating and stay motivated. And we actually actually have a version for her and a version for him. So all of you, he who overcomes, like people, like all of our listeners who fall into the he category, we we redesigned it for you as well. So you can download that today at raymateam.com. That's www.raymateam.com. And for the ladies, when you do download this, you will actually get access to our free private Facebook group called the Tribe of Overcomers. So this is actually an exclusive group, exclusive group. What in the world is (laughs) happening with my words? It's an exclusive group for women. So sorry, guys, it's, it's not a Facebook group for guys. We once did a survey and asked the men in our audience, like what type of uh, resources and uh, like services would they like? And Facebook group was not even one that they chose. So we're not going to force you into Facebook group, but for the ladies, you'll get access to that as well. So we hope that you will take advantage of this free gift, um, download it. And when you do, you also get on our VIP email list where we will come into your email box a couple times a week and give you encouragement, um, challenge you with some things to think about to help you be an overcomer and all that jazz. So until next time, may you rise up, lead well, and live with intention. Hey guys, thanks again for listening. Before you go, would you mind doing us a favor? We would love to hear your takeaways. So please leave us a review and a comment. You might just hear your name in a future episode when you do. This show is produced by Rayma Team Media, a division of Rayma Team LLC. If you'd like to learn more about how you can work with us, visit raymateam.com. That's www.raymateam.com. All right, our coffee is cold, so we gotta go. See you next week.